0: This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Inside China Tech. Firstly, we want to take a second to say thank you. We are very grateful because there are so many podcasts out there and you are listening to ours. We are just one of some 700,000 active podcasts on the market today. And while podcasts and audio content are becoming more and more popular, there is still one big problem. Most podcast platforms serve only one function, and that is to offer you a way to listen to content.
1: Listening is a very solo thing, but people want to interact with others. For Renee Wang, this
0: is a huge opportunity. She envisioned having one podcast platform for everything. By one click. On today's Inside China Tech, Renee Wang, the CEO of CastBox, talks about getting her dream job in Google after nearly 10 tries and then quitting that dream job to build one of the largest third-party podcast platforms on the market today. From South China Morning Post, this is Inside China Tech. Insights
1: into what matters. <laughs>
0: work for us because we are 996.
1: Are you okay? I started Alibaba in
0: 1999 in my apartment. What's your problem? Speed and data. And that's where China comes in. Here's your host, Zen Su. Hi, Renee. Thanks for coming on to Inside China Tech. Hi, Zen. Thank you for having me here. Great. So before we talk more about what Castbox is, yeah. we would like yeah. to, you know, find out more about yourself. So as I understand, sure. you did not study like programming or coding in university, right? But then no. you became a programmer after. So tell us about your journey. What was your first exposure to programming?
1: Yeah, so I majored in psychology and the statistics uh when I was in college. Um, but I really like coding. I mean, personal, this is a very personal habit. The second reason was that before I know I can learn by myself, and before I know I really interested in that, so, the real beginning was that the second year of my like college, uh, my ex-boyfriend, he his, his major is in computer science. And he has, a, he, I think he has delivered a kind of like a, a project and, uh, but he didn't do anything during the, during, during the study, but he, he's asking people for help. Renee's ex-boyfriend was working on an
0: assignment on Visual Basic, which is a programming language developed by Microsoft. Having left the assignment to the very last minute with just two days before the deadline, he was desperate for help on the project and eventually turned to Rene. Although Renee did not have any background in programming, she agreed to help him so that he would not fail the class.
1: I don't want you to fail. I said, okay, maybe I will have a try. So that's, I think I remember that evening, I just took my computer with me and go, because at that time after 11 p.m., you know, the the dorm, the dorm will, you know, there will be no light and no there's no place to charge the computer. So I just go out, find a cafe, like a 24 hours cafe, and the coding for about one night. I mean, the whole one night. I think I finished the, his, his job, I think, at the beginning of the... The, the second day, like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., it was my first time coding. And I feel, oh, that, that, that was not hard. So that's why I began to,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. So from then you realized that you were good at it and then eventually you started developing Android apps?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm.
0: So what were some of the early apps that you, you've you created?
1: Um, Actually, the first first app i created it it's like very funny there's like because at that time I, I always cannot find my boyfriend so I really want to know to know where he is and but sometimes he, he just don't want to watch the, the phone so I developed an app so whenever I send a message including where are you or like uh, where w are you and he can automatically send me where he is so this is the first app <laughs> I developed try, try to look for my boyfriend. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's real so, so to google play and the people really like it
0: so so what does that mean so every time you you send something like where are you and then there will be automatic automatically you yeah. will reply with like <laughs> his location
1: yeah and yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they will send three things first is yeah. like uh, the, <laughs> the the real location like the how do say that the attribute and the uh, like the you know, GP, like the um
0: what do you call it the uh, yeah, gps yeah. um uh, coordinates
1: yeah yeah it's like um it's basically they they tell me like uh, exactly you know, the point is on the map mm-hmm. and also he give me the the map the street which street he is if he's under the you know the the total database mm-hmm. so <laughs> so this is the, the first like like, the, the thing I'm developing. I mean, female, like, friends really mm. like my app. Mm. And she gave me five stars. So, oh, finally, I can <laughs> know where my boyfriend is. So I say, OK. <laughs> did, did, did the boyfriends like it, though? I don't know, because we broke <laughs> up at the end. So <laughs> maybe, maybe because of that.
0: From then know, on, Renee was hooked. She taught herself programming and coding, And after graduating with a psychology degree from Peking University, she became determined to get her dream job at Google. But her lack of a formal computer science background wasn't the only hurdle she faced. Google required its job applicants to speak English well, and that was a huge obstacle for her.
1: English is really hard for me. But learning a coding language is extremely easy for me. I mean, compared to learning a real language, a human language. So I prefer, you know, machine language than human <laughs> language. Anyway, I think maybe giving people, you know, strengths in their strengths in different areas. So
0: Before Renee started applying for jobs at Google, she never learned English in her entire life. She never needed to. Although English is a mandatory subject, in admissions exams from middle school to high school to university, Renee always managed to skip these compulsory tests because she won national awards in mathematics and chemistry therefore allowing her to be directly admitted to top-tier schools.
1: So that's why I never learned English for my whole life.
0: <laughs> like you study. didn't need it because you could just go like directly get admitted to schools? That's true, that's true. Mm. That all changed when she decided that she wanted to work at Google. In order to make it through the job interviews, she started learning English from scratch. Renee bought a book called The Interview Dictionary, which included common questions and answers for job interviews. By sheer force of will, Renee memorized and practiced all of the questions. She wrote down her personal background in Chinese and asked her friends for help in translating it to English, which she then memorized. Combined with The Interview Dictionary, this was all of the English that she knew.
1: I use the most simple English to try to expand. And so that's why after the interview, I mean, the, 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 the interview guy said that, oh, I think you, you are great, but uh, the only issue uh, I saw today is that your English is not good enough. And I, you know, what in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you didn't know my real English. So <laughs> <laughs> it's already decorated. So, <laughs> mm.
0: That wasn't the only hurdle she had to overcome. Because Google's recruiting policy did not allow the same candidate to apply more than once every half a year, Renee decided to game the system to increase her chances.
1: I changed my English name to every (laughs) every resume (laughs) to make sure that I'm not identified as the same guy.
0: She created nearly 10 different resumes, each tailored for a different job, but with different names and contact information. When she was finally hired after eight and a half months of trying, she adopted the English name on the final winning resume, Renee. During her time at Google, Renee worked as an account manager in countries like China, Ireland and Japan. But after four years, she decided it was time to go. Okay, so if Google was your dream job, then why did you quit after four years?
1: Because, I mean, I'm leaving not because I'm not, I, I don't enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. I mean, you know, free food and very well paid salary. And also, you know, the, the, the job itself is not that uh, heavy. So the ROI is quite high. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I just try to to experience something even hard. So I think I have been, you know, enjoy too much at Google. And I, I just feel like I want something even more hard and even more challenging, you know, to, 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 s- to make myself excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to Gaiwa Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> While Renee
0: was working in Japan, she got into the habit of listening to podcasts in a variety of languages, English, Chinese, and Japanese. But she found that there was no one podcast platform that allowed her to do just that, And it struck her that she could be the one to create that platform on her own.
1: So at that time, the the product market fit is very easy. At that time, iOS has their by default install podcast app, but Android didn't have one. So it's very simple like uh, entry as of like four years ago. So in 2016, Renee quit Google and founded CastBox
0: with two other partners. They created a podcast player app which worked for both Android and iOS users, but Renee was not content to just create a podcast aggregator. She wanted Castbox to become a platform for all things audio, whether it's content or a community. Welcome to the
1: show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by.
0: Think about this. In the US, platforms tend to be extremely vertical. Spotify Ad Studio can help you reach your audience in every possible moment. Be heard. Take Spotify, for example. It's a platform for users to just listen to music and podcasts. And for a long time, Facebook served solely as a social media network, while a company like Amazon would serve as a marketplace to buy goods. In China, however, this line is much more blurry. A messaging app like WeChat has morphed into a huge super app that lets you do everything from ordering food to playing games. Likewise, platforms like Taobao and JD.com offer you not just e-commerce but also entertainment with live streaming services and social commerce functions. In creating CastBox, Renee drew on some lessons from the Chinese internet industry to make her app more engaging.
1: Even you say Spotify today, I mean, regardless about even we didn't talk about the community, we only talk about the comments. They do not have comments feature. Mm. So, but if, if you say that uh, is music, or like a QQ music, you see they are like a community or like they are a comment session. There were tons of very interesting, you know, you know, stories which can expand through the original music. Mm. So that's what, what I want to say that I think um, generally speaking, I feel like not only the social, not only the audio, but also for other different kind of like verticals under the mobile, Uh, application and mobile internet uh, industry, I would suggest that we can really learn a lot from all these Chinese Chinese apps. Mm. She's right.
0: If you think about it, every Chinese app has a social aspect in the form of a community, where users can leave comments and have discussions. Mm -hmm. This social aspect is so essential in China's internet industry that I simply cannot think of any platform that does not have it. Mm. [3] For Renée, this was a natural move. Building community features into Castbox allows users to discuss podcasts that they listen to, something that many people already do on other platforms such as Reddit.
1: We are the only one here in the industry who has this feature we call the community. So previously, like uh, listening is a very solo thing, but people want to interact with others because nowadays they are trying to go to the Reddit, like a subreddit of Joe Rogan Show, to talk about the show. But nowadays we integrated the uh, the community inside CastBox. People can just communicate with each other during the show, and they can also simply add timestamps. For example, if like Joe Rogan interviewed about uh, interview Elon Elon Musk, and it was a three a two and a half hour show, and some people just have oh through the forty eight minutes they are talking about the VR, and uh, you know this was easier for everyone. So I don't want to go through the two. The two hours show, and I guess oh, uh, 48 minutes. They are talking VR. So by one click, you can jump directly to to the 48 minutes mm. and begin to listen to the conversation about VR. Mm. So back to this community, we try to make it this like a, like podcast listening, not a solo thing, but as a, like people can share mm. their ideas, can have different topics expanding to the conversa- expanding to the podcast.
0: Another CastBox feature inspired by the Chinese internet space is that of virtual gifts.
1: <laughs>
0: On live streaming platforms in China, it's common for fans to purchase virtual gifts and send it to the hosts. Hosts can then cash out these gifts and the platform usually takes a cut. Inspired by the Chinese model, Renee decided to include this feature in
1: CastBox. During the show, they can also support sending virtual gifts. So if you are continually to gathering your fan base or, like, if I have a lot of followers, they can jump to the show to send you virtual gift, you know, to, to support our show and we can cash out into real dollars.
0: I was I was quite surprised because do do the American users actually buy these virtual gifts? Yeah. Because to me, like, this sounds like, a, like to me, it's like a very Chinese thing. Like, like <laughs> I was surprised that the U.S. Uh, users would do that too.
1: Yeah, of course they did. Because I think the U.S., they are really used to tipping. I mean, they, they are like, a, since they are born, like a, everywhere, they're they sending tips. Mm. So
0: so it's very yeah, normal for it was, them. It's like a fun way of uh, tipping.
1: That's true. That's true. Mm.
0: So On top of that, Renee also introduced a brand new concept called live casting. So live casting is akin to live streaming, but instead of a video live stream, it would be a live audio stream. And even this feature also kind of has its beginnings in the Chinese internet. While live streaming was initially pioneered by Periscope in the US, it only became a huge phenomenon following the boom in Chinese live streaming apps like YY and Inko. Live streaming became so popular that even e-commerce platforms in China started incorporating it as a means for sellers to interact with their buyers. But CastBox's most unique feature might perhaps be its in-audio search function. Let me explain. Audio has long been a black box, because searching through audio is difficult. Most of the time, if we're looking for something on audio, we'd have to search keywords in the title or description of a podcast. But Castbox has incorporated AI and natural language processing to allow users to conduct in audio search.
1: For example, if I search like, uh, uh, for example, if I search blockchain, maybe there's not a lot of podcast talking about blockchain. But uh, when Gary Vee, when some host a podcaster talking about blockchain inside of their their show, they will not mention it in the title description. But in Castbox, you can find that oh, says that uh, Gary Vee talk about the blockchain topic at the second minute Oh, like 10 minutes of the show. And when you click the result, we will have you to jump directly to the 10 minutes and 10 seconds when this blockchain keyword was mentioned. So we are the only one who did have this feature.
0: Ultimately, for an app which has incorporated features that are mostly found in China, it may be surprising to learn that CastBox has virtually no users in mainland China. All of their 28 million users come from overseas markets.
1: We do not have Chinese users because we didn't launch in China. Because in China, in China we need a different ICP or some other like uh, license.
0: But even after creating such a successful podcast platform, Renee is not content to rest on her laurels. As the Internet of Things becomes the next step in technology and smart speakers become more popular... Rene hopes to eventually develop CastBox into an audio platform that's available everywhere from your smartphone to devices in your home or your car. Alexa, what's the weather like?
1: Oh, same thing it was yesterday. What, do you live in a windowless bunker?
0: What's next for CastBox?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I think for us, we still add more like social and uh, like, uh, as I mentioned, more social, more AI, try to make the ecosystem close within Castbox platform and we will try to push harder with the uh, social audio and as well as enhance our uh, connections with the podcasters, with the content creators. And I think for next year we will dedicate to invest more in AI and in, you know, supporting different kind of devices. Mm. Especially if 5g came because 5G it has really lower much lower like battery cost with really higher speed it means that all devices can be able to connect the internet. So that means that if all the devices came and we want to make sure that we are the first adopters to all the, uh, all the smart devices just like 10 years ago we are the first adopter of the mobile mobile internet. Mm. So I think in the coming two years maybe we we'll put more energy on this part. But I mean, I think for the whole development loop, we still want to focus more on the spoken audio inform spoken audio industry because, as I mentioned, I think spoken audio is the most natural way for people to connect people, for people to connect information. We just want to make it make the audio make the smart enough, social enough to make all the experience really you know you know, really smooth and, uh, and friendly, uh, friendly way. Okay, that's all of
0: the time we have for today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do rate us accordingly on iTunes or subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Simulaya, or even CastBox. This episode was produced by Yang Yang. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu. And if you're interested in reading more tech stories like this, do head on to scmp.com slash tech. All right, see you in two weeks. Bye!